You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul explains that in Hebrew, the shame of nakedness is linked to exile. For example, when a soldier is put to shame and flees, stripped of his armor. Notably, the same word, when vocalized differently, can mean crafty. Sounds crafty, indeed. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Chapter 18 of Leviticus again stresses what I mentioned last time about the fact that if the blood represents the individual, it is the seed that represents Ha'adam, the community which is male and female, according to Genesis 1, for the propagation of humanity and animals and fish and trees. It's the same thing. And already here we have something that will be underscored repeatedly in Deuteronomy, that the statutes and the ordinances are to be kept through doing them, not to be kept in our memory as we do. This is the famous lip service of Isaiah. You go and repeat the Lord's Prayer a hundred times. It doesn't help, Matthew says. And I want you to hear it in verse 5 of chapter 18. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my ordinances by doing which a man shall live. You have to keep them in doing them. And I am the Lord. In verse 6 we have something very interesting regarding the uncovering of the nakedness. None of you shall approach anyone near of kin to him to uncover nakedness. That notion of nakedness is very important because it shames the other person and not in the NATO Puritan meaning as we propagate. But one have always to remember that when the opponent flees naked, as we hear in Amos, in other words, without what makes him what he is, like a soldier need an armor, naked means stripped of one's armor. It doesn't mean naked the way we understand it. And that becomes very important 
when one realizes that in Hebrew it's the same verb or the root that is used to express exile. This is extremely practically impossible to translate. How could exile be related to nakedness? It's because in Hebrew we have the same root to uncover, to reveal the other in one's new status. Revelation, like we have the book of Revelation, you know, it is uncovering, revealing, and then when it is applied to a scroll, unfolding. One more time, all these verbs or notions or ideas go back to the same root in Hebrew. That is why it is very powerful meaning you're putting to shame the other one. He appears to be powerful and yet you bring the other person in his or her nakedness without any of the armor or the vestment that makes them what they are. Now, if you hear Amos 2.16 where you have that famous statement, and he who is stout of heart among the mighty shall flee away naked in that day. There you have it, Amos 2.16. Now, naked in Amos 2.16 is Arom, which is the same word that is used in Genesis 3 when Adam and Eve discovered that they were naked. What is more powerful in Hebrew is that the word for crafty about the Nahash, the serpent, is the same word technically. We have two words in Hebrew. The difference is just in the vocalization. Arom and Arum. But the funny thing, as I mentioned in my latest book, that the plural for Arom, which is naked, is Arumim, the plural of Arum, sounds exactly like the plural of Arum, craftiness. And I developed this again in my commentary on 2 Corinthians, where Paul refers to the craftiness of Satan that beguiled Eve in the garden. So all these things are interrelated. I know many people accuse me of going on asides. Well, without the asides, you will not be hearing scripture in Hebrew, period. So we said 
one more time that nakedness in Hebrew is related to the same verb which expresses unfolding, revealing, and ultimately exile. Okay? Now, please, I beg you, don't go and get excited and write a theological article about this topic. Just discard theology. Put it to shame. Reveal to the others it's nonsense. You have a text that you hear, and we stressed earlier that you hear it to keep it in your mind in order to do it, as we shall see especially in the book of Deuteronomy. Later in verse 20, we have something very important, which shows you again that famous uh, NATO, KJV, whatever you want to call it. And you shall not lie carnally with your neighbor's wife and defile yourself with her. But this is not what you hear in the original Hebrew. You shall not lie with your neighbor's wife, le Zara, or if you like, Zera. The difference in vocalization had to do with those uh, silly rules of Masoretic and Posal accent and so on. But you have the same word. So the idea is that sexual intercourse is functional to produce the Zera because there is no other way to produce the Sarah. Once more, it's the original Hebrew that you have to hear. When you hear carnally in your English translation, immediately you think of an X-rated movie. From this perspective, the entire Bible is X-rated. You have killing at every other page. But in the original, you are producing your own zera, and you have it very powerfully in those repeated stories in Genesis, where Onan ejaculated outside the vagina of his sister-in-law, because by the rule of the law, the first child that comes in this case becomes the child of the deceased one. And Onan did not want to do that. Okay, so blushing and not blushing and Canada, this is for NATO style movies and TV shows that were not around when the scripture was written. The importance of that becomes very clear in the following verse 21. You shall not give any of your children to devote them by fire to Molech and so profane the name of your God. And I talked plentifully about that root of profaning 
which is from the verb Hillel, Halal, to allow, to make it acceptable. Let me remind you of what I said about this silly translation of allowing oneself to do so as began like the human being or Noah began planting a vineyard no it's not began it's you allowed yourself to do so when at the end of chapter 4 you hear that when the name of the Lord was called upon this action was allowed by God and here again the translation began brings the idea that the human being is at the center of everything and this is what every church does not only on Sundays but the rest of the week it praises itself that is not allowed in the Bible because when you do that you are eliminating from your vocabulary that God is the Malik of Israel which is exactly the same root as Molik there is no difference but in the English translations and other translation it becomes a personal noun and you don't make the connection because Molik and King in English are not connected but in Hebrew you are and ultimately it is as though you are throwing them in the fire that is started by the deities of your opponents when they burn your city this is how the kings of Judah and Israel are critiqued. Not that they go and offer to Molech. They don't do that. But de facto, when you lose in a battle, which was planned by God in the Bible, that you lose, then you are submitting to another deity as Malik. Please take note and review them in Hebrew. Then to push the issue about this procreation through the Zera, you have this very strange verse in 23 and you shall not lie with any beast and defile yourself with it neither shall any woman give herself to a beast to lie with it it is perversion which is sex for sex earlier in chapter 15 we had the criticism of masturbation versus intercourse masturbation of ejaculation it doesn't matter the Zera remains the Zera. If it is mishandled, which means when it is made non-functional, 
then it is not according to the will of God that was already stated in chapter 1 of Genesis. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.